0: Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Mira Nagarajan. I'm Michelle Velansky. Welcome to this week's episode. This week, we're going to do a mini episode about the dishes that we love the most this year, the best dishes of the year. They're not necessarily from new spots, but some of them
1: are. And these are just the ones that we loved the most. Yeah. For the past couple of years, we've run this as kind of a sidebar to best new restaurants where we just call out like our favorite things we've eaten this year. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about the first one? Okay. The first one on my list is the Crab Rangoon Nachos from Tim's Chrome Bar. Mmm, so good. Tim's is one of my favorite, like, new bars open in St. Louis. It's so beautiful. It's so fun. It has a really, like, the menu is so jovial and, like, silly. It Everything has that vintage 70s throwback feel. So they do a lot of um, silly, casual menu items. Like, burger, they have, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that kind of thing. But these nachos have lived rent-free in my mind. You love It's wonton chips that are uh, topped with the crab rangoon filling, and they drizzle sweet chili sauce on it, put fresh jalapeno slices, slices of carrot, and they top it with everything bagel seasoning, which is a real, a real genius move. And yeah, it's everything you want. It's crunchy, and it's creamy. It's sweet. It's spicy. It's a perfect bar snack. Love that. I get it every time. That place is so cute, too. Like, I love that they were at one
0: point, I think they still are doing pizza rolls, Mm -hmm. like after school kind of snack items
1: from childhood. Yeah, you can pull out a TV tray and sit on one of their floral vintage couches and feel like you're in grandma's basement in the best way possible. I love
0: that place. That's a good one. One from my list were the Brussels sprouts from Fleur STL. I thought Mm -hmm. they were just such a great example of how good Brussels sprouts can be. They were really really like crisp. They had a really nice crunchy texture on the cut side. And then I love that they had a cider reduction. I feel like a lot of times with green vegetables like broccoli or Brussels sprouts or anything like broccolini even, it has that like really verdant, almost bitter borderline kind of flavor to it. So a cider reduction adding like tang and acidity and a little bit of freshness really wakes them up. And the fact that they're kind of cooked hard really transforms it from vegetable territory to more of like salty, dangerous kind of snack category, yeah, which I it like. feels right at home on that menu next to the french fries, yeah, so I love that from Fleur STL. Great example of a Brussels sprout done right.
1: Mm-hmm. And next, I wanted to shout out my personal favorite dish from our uh, third best restaurant of the year, Sato. They are doing a chawanmushi, mushi, which is a Japanese dish that is a it's this rich creamy custard like flavored with seafood dashi flavors. And I love the boldness of putting this on the menu. St. Louis, Missouri diners just confronted. It's basically like fish pudding. (laughs) (laughs) And to some people, that maybe sounds scary. To me, that's like my dream because I love fishy everything. Um, It's gone through a couple uh, incarnations on the menu. The current version Is topped with king crab and blue crab meat. And he drizzles a little bit of shellfish bisque on top and some truffle oil. So it's very luxe. The original one was kind of uni with roe and mushroom. So this new one is kind of like a luxe upgrade. And the texture of it was really silky. It's so silky. It's almost like a super, super soft silken tofu or something. It comes in a little cup and it's just a couple spoons. It's a perfect starter to your meal at Sado?
0: I got a chawanmushi and shared it, and I thought it was a really nice shareable appetizer, Mm -hmm. too, because if you're a regular at Sado, if you've been there a few times, you know that you always overorder over there. And so it's like a nice way. It's a nice, rich starter to share, in my opinion. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. It is
1: so rich. It is good to share.
0: I think one of the things that I love about Sado, and we talked about this in terms of how valuable it is as a new restaurant, is... Is that I had not seen chawanmushi on a menu in St. Louis before Sato opened. Have you? Did you? Uh,
1: it reminds me of the old niche egg. Yeah, that Gerard Kraft made back in the day. The original um, niche which, restaurant, which he I think was inspired by. It, uh, yeah, Mushi. it was a take on a chawanmushi. It was like an egg fill uh, filled with this kind of dashi custard, and I believe he did have roe in roe there, and some mushroom. crispy, yeah, crispy shallots maybe too. Yeah. Um, which it was a wonderful dish, but this one is definitely yeah more of um, the literal Japanese dish.
0: Yeah, I remember. I mean, the niche egg—that's like a really great point. Classic, but in a Japanese restaurant or an right. Asian restaurant, I hadn't seen it, and I think yeah, and and after they opened and started serving it. I went to Nobu after that, and I saw that they had that on their menu, but I was like, you know, what Sato is doing with some of their more creative dishes or some of the technique with the dry aging fish Mm -hmm. and, you know, sourcing that we've talked about before on the podcast, I think it really... It sets the tone a little bit because it's educating the dinership, and it's also inspiring to other restaurants because it's like, hey, we want to do a chawanmushi. Like, let's do it. That's a, that's an awesome addition to the menu. So mm-hmm. I feel like their creativity is, you know, making us all better diners and restaurants. Totally, we love places that elevate the culture. Elevating the culture every day. On the beverage side, the red sangria at Bar Moro was one of my favorite cocktails that I had this year because it totally changed my mind about sangria, period. Because I never would get sangria. And I was there and I was watching the bartender put this pitcher together and it looked so rich and there wasn't a lot of ton of like... Chopped up apples and stuff in it. It had, I think the version that I had had gooseberry and then there was like sliced oranges wedged into the glass so that it looked kind of like stained glass when they fill Mm. it up with the liquid. Yeah, it's so beautiful. They use Spanish wine in their sangria. They use vermouth. They use, I think they use, we're using a little bit of sherry in there to really stay in theme with the Iberian uh, concept of the menu and utilizing beverages from that part of the world to make their sangria different. And it really is a standout stunner. Fabulous sangria. Also in the drinks realm, I don't think we put this in print because I just had it, but the Martin Scorsese at the Lucky Accomplice is like a dirty martini just expanding into the category of dirty martini and what it can be and like riffing on a dirty martini in general and this is an olive oil washed vodka there's gin fermented tomato water and sake vermouth and i think what was the garnish was a pickled pickled tomato and it was so so great it was salty and the tomato flavor really does come through, and it's just such a great example of how creative people are getting with the dirty martini trend. And then savory cocktails, which we've talked about before, but this is definitely a riff on a dirty martini.
1: Yeah, we'd love to see it.
0: One thing to mention, another beverage, is the Casa Don Alfonso Espresso Martini. It's a good example of an espresso martini. It's just a very sophisticated version, I think.
1: Yeah, that trend is still holding it down everywhere. And that one is pretty much the classic textbook example. Yeah, it's not
0: the creamy, dreamy kind. It's more of like the grown-up, dark and boozy kind.
1: Mm -hmm. Another dish that I was obsessed with this year was the boiled fish with Chinese green pepper at Chili Spot. Chili Spot is over on Olive, like at that strip of great authentic Chinese restaurants in University City. And this dish really shows off Wachiao, which is a flower pepper. It's kind of a cousin of that red Sichuan pepper that you might be more familiar with. So it has that similar numbing heat that you're used to, but it's very herbal and floral. It's really surprising flavored. Like It's one of those dishes where if you haven't had something like that before, it'll really like surprise you. Like, it wow. tastes like nothing else you've ever had. And the Um, fish is kind of like on the milder side, wouldn't you say? Yes, it's this mild white fish, and it's super soft and tender, and they serve it in this big simmering pot with green peppercorn oil on top. You get some crunchy bean sprouts and cucumber spears in there. It's just this green, herby, wonderful-for-winter dish. It almost feels like sitting in front of, you know, a really herby glass of tea, mug of tea, (laughs) or, you know, something. It's, It's so good. That sounds really good. I haven't had that one
0: yet. I need to go. Yeah,
1: it's so cool. It's one of those dishes that really is like, I've never eaten anything like this before.
0: Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've talked about it before, and we will keep uh, being like Paul Revere and telling everybody in town how much we love the crab cake at Wright's Tavern. Mm -hmm. It's like that colossal lump crab. And they get their crab from Fortune Fish and Gourmet in Chicago. And Colossal is the biggest grade, I guess, of mm-hmm. like crab meat that you can buy. And it is big, chunky, hunky bits of crab in there. Mm-hmm. And it just comes, you can see like it's just these big pearly pieces of crab and it's so juicy and so tender and so sweet. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect crab cake. Can't miss. And it's a giant one at that. The Crab is giant or colossal. And the <laughs> crab cake is also similarly
1: colossal. Yeah, it is a showstopper when it hits the table.
0: Yeah. Another great dish that I had this year was the Vermont cheddar waffle at Bowood by Niche. I went for brunch. I got the waffle because I'd had a Gruyere waffle somewhere when I was out of town and I was like searching for a recipe. I wanted to make it at home and then I saw this It's just like they fold some cheddar into the waffle batter, put it in the iron, and then you eat it with like maple syrup. And it's so, so good. It's sweet. It's salty. It's crunchy. It's gooey. I love a savory waffle. Yeah. I felt like the waffle batter, too, was like Mm -hmm. really nice and light and airy and fluffy. I loved it. I think it's a great option for brunch. Don't miss it. At 1929 Pizza and Wine in Wood River, which is one of our best new restaurants of 2023, their mushroom pizza, it has a blend of cremini, oyster, and shiitake mushrooms. There's a Parmesan cream sauce, fontina cheese. They usually put thyme on it and chives. They have a drizzle of extra virgin olive oil on it when they pull it out of the oven. It's so rich and creamy and the mushrooms are really earthy and really like you know they have so much different flavor and texture because they're not just using one kind and the dough is fluffy and beautiful it's such a great pizza it's like i think that and the margarita were my favorites but the mushroom pizza really surprised me cuz i don't usually love a mushroom pizza i usually think they're kind of watered down mm. the the sauce or something about it but it's like this one it really was like a perfect
1: it was in perfect harmony with the rest of the stuff. See, and I tend to gravitate towards a mushroom pizza, but it's true. Sometimes, like, they commit the cardinal sin of opting for maybe a white sauce or a cream sauce instead of a red sauce, and sometimes it's not saucy enough, it's too dry, mm-hmm. or you too watery, and you don't get that, like, really oomph flavor that you want from something that's so mushroom and cheesy. Yeah. But they really do it with this one.
0: This one was so, it was so creamy. It's like, it's like Alfredo cream sauce. That's it's like, what you need. Yeah, it's like that... Thickness level and Mm -hmm. that richness level. If that doesn't, like, sing to you, if that doesn't speak to your heart, (laughs) it's not for you. But, like, if you hear Alfredo sauce and you're like, give me that, this is the one. Yeah. Similarly, in the white pizza category, the Four Cheese Pizza at Forto's Killer Pizza in the City Foundry. Mm -hmm. Also, Gerard Craft Restaurant. This one has mozzarella, taleggio, fontina, parmesan, and then a drizzle of honey. It's
1: so good. The honey is the perfect finishing touch of that pizza. Yeah. Because that's another one. When we ordered that, I was a little like, oh, I hope this isn't too dry for my taste. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not like a red sauce bomb pizza. But that honey makes it.
0: Yeah. Takes it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And adds like a touch of something different to kind of break up the richness. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Salty, savory cheese is a great pairing with sweet like that.
0: And also their dough. I feel like their mm-hmm. dough is so so fluffy. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful, beautiful dough. A common obsession that Michelle and I shared from the summer is the coconut tres leches cake from Rio Marita, which is temporarily closed. But maybe we'll have some taco news on that front in the near future. But the tres leches cake, I mean... It was one for the books.
1: Yeah, that cake has lived rent-free in my head ever since I ate it. Mm-hmm. And it was the perfect summer dish. They're open on the patio of Visia in the summer. So you're sitting out there really sweating it out, eating all this like spicy, beautiful food from Takaria Marita. And this is the perfect finale. They use condensed milk, evaporated milk, and coconut milk. Mm-hmm. So it's a really rich, saturated cake. And they've had fresh chunks of papaya and mango, some vanilla, white chocolate, and they drizzle a guava syrup over the top. That was like the pièce de résistance. Yeah. So it's – and even – I feel like you are sometimes wary of fruit desserts. You don't always love them. I don't. I feel like it's one of those things where people
0: are like, it's fresh fruit. People love – they'll just dump it on there and it's like, whatever, we have to deal with it. But I feel like all the choices that they made really enhanced the experience and – Yeah, I loved everything about it. Like the papaya, the mango was really like fresh and juicy and sweet. The guava syrup like added a sauciness that was not just like the milk. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the cake was not just like, even with Tres Leches cake, sometimes it's like, I don't know, there's something about it, maybe it's like oversaturated with the liquid or maybe it's not enough. I don't know. This one was just like perfect. It wasn't yeah. too wet. No. Yeah. It was like in balance. It was such a good dish. Mm-hmm. So those are some of our favorite dishes of the year. You can always go to SauceMagazine.com or our print edition or a digital edition online and see some other dishes that some other members of our staff included on their list. There were other things that made that list, and we encourage you to check it out. Moving on, it's time for a rapid-fire question round.
1: Do you want to start? So... I'm going to ask, do you prefer a gin martini or a vodka martini? A gin martini. Me too. We're both team gin. Team gin. I just need the more like personality from gin. Yeah. You know, I feel like it bounces off the savory elements that I always like. I like my martini really dirty. Yes. So I feel like it plays off the botanicals of gin so much better than just vodka.
0: I mean, I think I've had a vodka martini here and there, Mm -hmm. and I'm not against it, but I do think that the gin ones tend to be more interesting. And I also think that, especially since there are certain bars in town that we really love to go to, they tend to, like, gravitate towards gin martinis more in my experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm also just following the lead of the expert. Like, that's what they want me to have. Okay, I got it. Right. Yeah. The bartender. You tell me. Yeah.
1: Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? My God, it depends on the day, but I think maybe controversially I'm more of a milk chocolate person. Okay, I think
0: I think think I'm dark chocolate. Yeah, but I understand the milk chocolate thing because I feel like when milk chocolate is like really done right, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's irresistibly good. Mm -hmm.
1: I love the soft like meltiness of it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. here's a good one. Shoestring or wedge? Fries. Wedge. This is so hard because I know (laughs) we specifically sing the praises of the wedge. Um, Consider this a call to arms for all St. Louis restaurants. More potato wedges, please. Yeah, they're unfindable right now. Yeah, for some reason nobody is embracing the potato wedge. Chicken Scratch in the city foundry, and also they have a location now in uh, Webster Groves, I believe. They opened with these beautiful potato wedges that they were calling um, JoJo's, right? Jojo's, yeah, I think it was. And we loved them, and they're no longer on the menu. I don't know what
0: it is. Maybe a wedge is harder to make. Maybe it's, like, too much going on. It's, like, mm-hmm. easier to do the fry thing. I'm sure there's there's some science to it that I'm not understanding, but <laughs> a, a chunky wedge.
1: Mm-hmm. and Crispy with mashed potato filling. Oh, my gosh. Be still my heart. It's true. It's great. And listen, I did just give that uh monologue, but I think I might pick shoestring first. <laughs> I love how crispy it is. And I love that I can pick like, you can choose your own adventure. You just pick like one and dunk it. Or you can pick like a big fistful mm-hmm. and get like tons of crunchiness in your bite. And really, as much as I do love fries, they are a vehicle for sauce for yes. me. I love dipping it in an aioli or a ketchup or a cheese, just any kind of dip. Yeah. And so shoestring, I can really just go to town with the dip. Yeah, it's all about the sauce. Mm-hmm. It's Ugh. like almost a quantity over quality. Yeah, I understand. But I don't care. <laughs> no,
0: and you also like are partial to the sweet potato fry, regular potato fry,
1: shoestring mix. The mix, yes, that's um, the first restaurant I saw doing that was Cleveland Heath. Yeah, um, they would always do that, and they served it with like this tangy aioli, so that sweet. Uh, savory salty mix was really front of center and i loved
0: it yeah burger champ is doing the mix now too Mm -hmm. we had that recently burger champ is doing a similar thing they're great ranch
1: yes or no yes
0: a thousand times yes resounding yes
1: (laughs) yeah we love ranch we feel very passionately about ranch good ranch good ranch yeah we've been trying to decide how to talk about ranch in the magazine we've talked about doing like a short list or like ranking best ranches it would be a huge undertaking yeah we're gonna we're up to the task i think we've figured out an answer for this yeah yeah stay
0: tuned (laughs) stay tuned
1: for all the ranch heads out there what's your favorite ranch locally do you have one
0: I did have one, which was the Elmwood Restaurant Ranch. Mm-hmm. And there were all these amazing things in it, like like yuzu and grated Asian pear and all these kinds of different herbs in it. And it was just like the most beautiful ranch I'd ever tasted.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, rest in power. Yeah. <laughs> <to that ranch. laughs>
0: but locally, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have a—I don't have a favorite right now. I don't. That's the one that I was like— what is in this ranch? And I had to do some investigative reporting on the contents of the ranch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's top of mind because we just talked about their uh, four cheese pizza, but fordo's Killer Pizza and the City Foundry, they do an amazing ranch. Yeah.
0: Their, their dips
1: for all their, all the different dips they do for their crust are pretty good. Mm-hmm. The ranch stands out. And that big fluffy crust, it's great to just dunk in those sauces at the end. They're great. Oh, he also does a really intense garlic confit sauce. Yes, yes. I put on Everything. That's the best sauce there. Take that home. Oh, and I have and I do. That's like
0: soft, smushy, sweet garlic that's been cooked in olive oil that's this spreadable, irresistible paste. Yeah, it's so, so, so good. Yeah. I think that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please follow, share, subscribe, like, all the things. And we'll catch you next time. Yep. See you next time. Links and location information to all the restaurants mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. Our audio engineer is Alejandro Ramirez. Additional reporting for this episode was done by Ian Shaw, Michelle Volansky, and Lauren Healy. Episodes of The Sauce are recorded at the St. Louis Public Library's Creative Experience Studio. Find new episodes of The Sauce every Wednesday and listen and follow wherever you get your podcast.